This Crystal Palace season preview edition of the Premier League Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content and contests, including our NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com forward slash Patreon. Welcome, everybody, to the Premier League Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. And we are continuing our season previews with Crystal Palace. Uh, joining me to have a look at the Eagles uh, for the upcoming season is Mr. Barry Penaluna. Hello, Baza. How are you? Hello, Malcolm. Not bad. Not bad. You were uh, fully recovered now, Baz. I'm fully recovered. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm just about there. I was. I was recovered enough to have a night on the ale at the cricket last night. Oh, you went to the cricket, didn't you? One hundred to watch the Trent Rockets beat the Southern Brave. Um, that was a really good game. Actually, really enjoyed it. Had a good night out with a few friends and uh, a really entertaining game of cricket. Went right to the wire. Second last did, ball. Uh, so yeah, it was good. Did you have a bet on it? Obviously. <laughs> Did uh, you win? Trent oh, yeah, exactly. Trent Rockets got off to a bad start. They only put about 130 up in their innings uh, and they were a three to one at the, at the changeover. Uh, so I got involved in that and they, they bowled them out with a ball to spare. Me. What price do you see? Three to one. Oh, look at Baz. Nice, Baz nice. cashed the three to one on the cricket. Um <laughs> We need to get a, the, uh, a cricket gambling podcast going. I don't think I'm brave enough to blag that, though. I'd actually we need someone who genuinely knows what they're talking about. Um, any uh, any new listeners to uh, our show, any Crystal Palace fans in particular who've stumbled across us, uh, we have um, lots of shows going out for lots of different reasons, but mainly we pick Premier League scores and results and stuff. We'll have a couple of shows a week going out. Um, giving analysis and picks out for the weekend. Just a little bit of fun in games. We cover the Premier League and all the Cups. We've got the Women's World Cup shows out at the moment. We've got an AFL show uh, for the weekend's games with the, with the AFL kicking off. So there's loads of stuff around um, to get involved with. You can find us where you've already found this show. Um, and then all the usual spots, Spotify, Apple, Google, um, Premier League Gambling Podcast on there, at SGPN Premier. Or YouTube is at Premier League Gambling Podcast. And we are going to just have a little look around Palace, what they did last year, how we think they're going to go um, in the upcoming season. And we've made some betting picks accordingly. Um, also look at uh, some FPL stuff later on, see if there's any Palace players who might be making it into our fantasy teams. Um, yeah, they've been quite tricky it's been a tricky one, this bars. We've said before that the uh, the teams in the middle of the division are quite hard to look at. It's like mainly from a betting point of view, because they might have a really good season and finish ninth or tenth, and they might have an average season and finish thirteenth, or a bad one and finish sixteenth. But it doesn't really lend itself to making to making betting plays, particularly if you're kind of guaranteed to be stuck in that club in the middle. And Crystal Palace uh, very much fit into that uh, into that mould, I think. So we'll have a run through the numbers. Um, I'll just remind everyone about the SGPN Patreon, 
which is the uh, perfect place uh, for any diehard DGENs out there. The Patreon um, gives you exclusive content. The NFL Win Totals Contest has a $1,000 first place prize. Get in. Um, the SGP Stories Monthly Podcast is loads of fun. Uh, the best stories from decades of being DGENs. You've got the Discord channel. Um, and always uh, the SGP and picks will go out for free. That is what we do. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com forward slash Patreon. Uh, Baz, we've started a lot of these episodes with um, general feelings towards a club, Crystal Palace. I know a couple of Crystal Palace fans. Now, if you remember in lockdown, I made a list, Baz, one day when I was bored, of all 92 teams and the order in which I hated them. Right. Uh, How far up were Palace then? Palace were... Uh, they were about... Nine, they might have been 91st in like my second least hated team. Christ, because bold. Well, yeah, West Brom were 92nd. And I think Newcastle were about 43rd and I'm a Newcastle supporter. So, there was, <laughs> I mean, it was it was pretty spurious. I remember Plymouth Argyle were in 17th and next to their name, it just had green shirts, arrogant. That's, that was my reason on that day that I had Plymouth Argyle in 17th. So it's a pretty liquid list like Baz. I'm not saying it was definitive. But um, we took, when we did the Wolves episode, I talked a little bit about West Brom and then I knew some West Brom supporters and I always found them had a really healthy attitude. Um, and Crystal Palace fans, I found the same. Uh, there was a few Palace fans that I went to college with, Croydon boys, and they were the most similar to West Brom, to, most similar to Newcastle. Is it, the team was a bit shit. They kind of knew it. They didn't expect much else and they just got on with it and enjoyed it and they, they always made a good noise. They always took... Uh, good travelling support and I didn't mind that they got me a little bit more with Alan Pardew yeah. and then I think as I've got a little bit older some of that shit's got on me nerves like the the cheerleaders the goal music um, and then well the eagle I like because of what Solomon Rondon said about the eagle which is <laughs> one of my favourite things of all time uh, Tell us what, what he said Solomon Rondon said Solomon Rondon said and I'm quote, I don't know this quote off by heart, but it was something along the lines on, have they still got that eagle that flies around the place? I'll kick it up the arse. Call the RSPB, see if I care, is what Solomon Rondon said about the eagle. So if you can't like that, Pat, <laughs> were you aware of this or not? I've heard this story, but I just can't imagine <laughs> Solomon Rondon coming out of that. It sounds entirely made up, I've got to be honest with you. <laughs> if it's made up, it makes it even better. But I'm not sure, Baz, about that little group of them. Um, I think it's called, is it the home side end? The little group of sort of ultras, the St. Pauli yeah. style. I can't yeah. tell if it's quite good or if they just want to grow up a bit like, what are you, oh, any, any thoughts? As well, haven't they? I, I don't mind Palace. And as you say, the fans are fine, all right, generally. Goal music, bollocks, cheerleaders, bollocks, all of that. But that probably gets on their own fans' tits as much as it does on ours. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but the fans, as you say, they do. Travel well, uh, make a good noise, uh, and and Selhurst Park is is a good atmosphere, you know. Generally, um, so yeah, I've I've nothing against Palace. I don't mind mind them at all. I'm not sure they'd be as uh, as low as ninety first on my list of um, 
most hated teams. I think generally because all of the Premier League teams would end up there yeah. before anyone in League Two who does nothing to offend me whatsoever. Uh, but yeah. oh, but like I say, I had Plymouth Argyle in 17th place because I found green shirts arrogant. So it wasn't yeah. the most reasoned argument behind a lot of the things. Um, I'm struggling to remember any standout Newcastle Palace games, even like down the years. Like there was no four all thrillers or mad comebacks or really memorable goals or hat tricks or out like that. We should have beat them last year. We didn't get given uh, that goal talk. <laughs> oh, off, yeah. We? That was memorable. Yeah, then they probably should have beat us at their place when we were horrible. And yeah. it was one of the most boring nil-nil draws. That was in that period where we drew nil-nil every week for about a month. Um, yeah. And Palace were delighted to draw nil-nil most weeks. So it was just a bit of a non-starter, that game. But yeah, like a lot of teams normally do. Oh, remember that game? Or do you remember that player? Do you remember that hat-trick? Um, it hasn't really uh, happened much with Palace. Uh, they finished... Let's get at the bones of this, Baz. They finished 11th last year, 45 points. Um, down the numbers, to win the league, they're 500 to 1. The top four finishes 80 to 1. The top six finishes 20 to 1. The top half finishes 5 to 2. Bottom half finish 2 to 7, minus 350. They are 6 to 1 to be relegated, 22 to 1 to finish dead last. And on the handicap, they have a 43 point head start. Um, they didn't think much of Palace at all last season um, on and off the pitch it was a it was a bit of an odd one they only won 11 games uh, for a start but up until December sort of be that World Cup break they were fine uh, they won five and drew four of the first 13 uh, had a couple of good results um, the fans were hoping for a bit of a brave new world I think under Vieira is that historically they had turned into there was the, the middle part of that Premier League for several years it just turned a bit manky. There was Palace were always in there, Wolves. I would put Newcastle in there, whether it was Benitez or Bruce or whatever. Um, Burnley were in there, Everton. And Palace were moved away from that. They'd appointed Vieira, who was one of these sort of bright young things. Um, and he was going along okay. But then January, February, March came. Um, three months, literally three months without a win, 12 games across those three months. They didn't win a game. But at the time, Baz, we said, and particularly you banged the drum on this, that the run of fixtures had sort of skewed those results. Obviously, you expect to get the odd win, uh, but we did think they'd be better to come once they got a run of fixtures. They sacked Vieira, appointed Hodgson, and then they won five of the next ten. Uh, sorry, five of the last ten. But the, the first three under Hodgson, they, they won three in a row, but with against the three relegated sides... Yeah, they beat Leeds, Leicester, and Southampton. Three, the first three games in under Hudson, and you would have thought the way Vieira had them going. So yeah, um, uh, yeah, I can't I mean, I, quite I, work I, out, Baz. Yeah, I did say at the time. I, I thought you could see why they were they were under pressure to do some of Vieira, but I, I always felt they would have stayed up had they have kept him. Uh, and for Hodgson, it was the perfect sort of time to take over because they did have a the fixtures literally changed like that and they had a really really nice nice run of fixtures coming up um so yeah whether they'd have done any better or you know done any worse under Vieira I'm not I'm not so sure um but at the same time I can see why you come under pressure I think was, that run was one win in 15 uh, and as you say the only the only lost twice in the last 10 under Hodgson um still surprised they They've taken him on for another year. I'm still surprised he wants to do it for another year. I mean, 
it's got to come a point where a man of that age just wants to put his feet up, like, and and not keep putting yourself through this. Uh, but anyway, he's we've he's discussed this. I can't be asked to do anything now, Baz. I'm 47. <laughs> like, 30 years, like, you've got no chance of getting my ass off that chair, like, to do anything, like, put the room yeah. around, make a cup of tea, nothing, let alone manage a Premier League team. No, I'm all right, thanks. Crazy. I mean, so, I mean, moving on to this season, as I say, we, we know they have got Hodgson. Um, you know, he seems to have found a way of, of getting Elise and, and Eze playing together, playing regularly and playing well, which is what Vieira struggled with a little bit of the times. He never really seemed to know how to get the best out of some of his players, I think. Um, so Elise and Eze will, will be two of the key players. Eze, as we know, earned himself an England call-up towards the, the end of the season due to his late season form. He finished as their top scorer uh, with 10 I think he had five assists as well. And Elise had 13 goal involvements, 11 assists from Elise last year. Big contribution. Not so much on the goals, but plenty of assists. Um, Zahar's gone. He's gone to Galatasaray, despite a massive offer from Palace for him to stay. Um, and him sort of claiming Palace didn't match his ambitions. I'm not sure how ambitious it is to take a move to Galatasaray. I've, I've got to be honest. Um what do you feel about Zahar going to Galatasaray, Malgam? But the thing is, I've got no problem with it. Um, there's obviously things to be said about staying with your hometown club. He left once, went to Man United, um, shagged David Moyes' daughter once too often and had to go home again. Um, but, like, obviously, like, we've got Alan Shearer. It's, it's a similar conversation with Harry Kane at the minute, isn't it? Low, slightly on different levels. Uh, people always ask Shearer, should he have gone somewhere else and won something? Um, people are saying the same thing about Harry Kane and, and Zahar because he, he's not Harry Kane or Shearer but he's not a kick in the arse off like he's got level A1 um, and he could be um, or he certainly could have, could have I think reached um, a top level it, it's unusual to see one player who really has carried a club on their shoulders as much as Zaha was but then I saw a little clip yesterday of Zaha walking out Um I don't know if it was Galatasaray friendly, um, but it looked like there was a few more people there than that. Um, but they're in the Champions League this year and he walked out into that cauldron of a stadium, all the colours, all the noise, however many 50,000 there there were, not just 200 blokes over here who've had three pints banging their little drum. Um, and you, I don't think you can argue with that at all. I think he's had to go and try something, so I admire him for trying to do I mean, it. Not, uh, I just... I'm, they reckon Palace offered him 200 grand a week and I'd just be amazed if he's getting that sort of money in Turkey. It just doesn't seem like a sort of place that where he'd be getting mega wages. Champions League, they're not even guaranteed Champions League, Malcolm. They're in the they're in the qualifying round and they drew 2-2 in the first leg against a team nobody had heard of from Lithuania. That's probably the game I saw, actually. That'll be it, the, it was an away game, so possibly not. It, it, probably was wasn't, it probably wasn't the game I saw, but back last week, I think... Um, I think the second leg might be it's tonight. Actually, nine uh, seven seven thirty tonight. They play Zalgiris from Lithuania two two in the first leg. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're not even guaranteed Champions League just yet. Um, that was the semi-finals of the qualification round. So they've uh, they've got a bit of a way to go yet before they can claim to be Champions League uh, contenders. You um, mentioning that game tonight, Baz, reminds me very well. Uh, just to point out that we are this is pre-recorded and we're recording it on. Wednesday, the 2nd of August, maybe. Uh, so if you're wondering why we haven't mentioned Crystal Palace have signed um, Ruvan Nisselroy, 
it's because we don't know yet. Um, so anything that hasn't happened yet, we can't comment on. Um, so yeah, point that out because I do forget that part. So yes, carry on. Um, so yeah, well, that, that's enough of Zahar. I mean, there's not a lot else gone on at Palace. Um, the only signing they've made is Jefferson Lerma, defensive midfielder from Bournemouth, picked him up on a free. He, he's out of contract. And it does seem like a lot of Palace fans are getting a little bit uneasy about the lack of activity um, in the transfer market. And I was looking around, there's not even many rumours of anyone, you know, not even an inkling of things in the pipeline or, or almost there. So it does look like they're getting very close to, you know, starting the season very much as they were last year or, or without Zahar, obviously, um, and, and not a lot else coming in at this point. Um, it remains to be seen, I think, I think, Palace fans will be hoping to see a little bit of activity before the uh, before the season kicks off next week. Well, the biggest red flag I saw last week, and this isn't even a joke, was um, they played in a pre-season friendly. I think it was a Mexican team or something decided to kick shit out of them. Um, but Will Hughes had gone down injured and the Palace fans were really concerned about this. And I thought, ooh, if that's the level we're at, where they, well, the, the, an injury to Will Hughes might uh, stymie a season. Then, then we're in a little bit of trouble. Like, um, looked around for a few patterns. Obviously, they didn't score many goals. Goals is going to be the issue this year. They failed to score by some forty-two percent of their games uh, last year. They lost to nil twenty-nine percent of the time. Uh, so there's a couple of angles. If you if you are back in Palace, back in, um, to get beat to nil or to not score, uh, they conceded first sixty-one percent of the time. There's another nice angle in, and. Um, this was a, a bit of an outlier here compared to the rest of the league. They were losing at half time, thirty-two percent of the time. So one every three games, they were losing at half time. So you could uh, you could fade them in the first half as well. So look for those angles to continue. But yeah, the, the main issue is the goals pass. So like, what's changed? Where are these goals going to come from? Because um, I don't think they're going to change the way they play. Roy Hodgson isn't going to. They're not going to come out like deserve he's Brighton all of a sudden. Um, they're going to play the way kind of them always plays. So you take Zaha out of the team um, and it's very, very samey. Um, you've got Mateta and Edward, who scored two goals each, I think. Andre Ayew, who we did kind of have a bit of a giggle at a few times last year. As well, I think it was when uh, they were, we were pricing up the World Cup um, for Ghana, but Ayew just never even looks like he's interested in scoring and he stands up front for a lot of the time. So, yeah, it also, it's all going to go through Eze and Elise, who are excellent players. I mean, there was talk about Elise going to uh, PSG. But it's do they have the consistency. Um, I mean, they're, they're both relatively young players. Wingers, they don't, wingers and young players are two of the boxes that I tick when you're looking for sort of inconsistent players, players that come in and out of form a lot. So do they have the consistency to, to fire Palace um, in, in to, to safety, really? Because... Like we said, at the very top of the show, I doubt they're going to make a run at the top six. Um, I don't think they're going to go down, Baz. I don't have them going down. I've got them. I've actually moved them down. Um, initially had them in 12th when I did my league, but it's about two weeks ago. And I've shuffled them down a little bit. Um, I've shuffled them down to around about 14th now. Um, so that that's kind of where I think they're going to be, Baz. But, Having a look at all of that, I mean, what was your main thoughts on them, and, and could you find any uh, any betting picks? Yeah, so I mean, they they finished eleventh as you say last season. I, I think they'll they'll possibly drop drop back a little bit. An interesting stat. I mean, I picked up a lot of the stuff you'd pick up on the um, first halves and, and going behind early. 
Um, they were terrible in terms of the first half table. I think they were 16, 17, something like that. Uh, seven years in a row now, Malcolm, they've finished between 11th and 14th. Um, just pretty impressive start to, to stay in them little four spots seven years in a row. Um, which leads me to think the top half finish would, would be a little bit ambitious at five to two plus 250. Um, I mean, we have said on a, on a few of these shows that 10th place spot looks wide open. I think we've got the same sort of nine sides occupying the top nine positions in various different orders. And then that next tier, Burnley's, Palace, West Ham, Wolves, all of those sort of teams. Any one of them could could finish in that 10 spot and it wouldn't be a massive surprise. And certainly Palace are within there. I don't have Palace finding trouble. I, I think they'll they'll avoid the relegation spots. But I've gotten down in about 50, uh, sorry, 13th uh, was, was where I had them. Um, but I, funnily enough, I spoke to you before we started this and, and told you I had something a little bit different in terms of a pick for this one. And, and you'd looked at exactly the same pick in exactly the same market. So I went to look at the... Um, Palace goal scorers market. So this is who will be the top scoring player for Palace. Um, the odds are Eze, 7-4, plus 175. Olise, 5-2, plus 250. Jordan Ayew's at 3-1. That seems a bit short, that. Plus 300. And then you've got Edward at 7-2, plus 350. And Mateta out there at 10-1. to um, And I think for, for me, Eze to be Palace's top scorer at 7-4, Plus 175, I think is a decent bet. He top scored for them last season with 10. Um, nobody really got close to him last year. Zahar's gone, uh, and that should mean Eze is on penalties, free kicks. So more opportunity there. I'm not sold on Edward or Mateta, um, and I'm not sure if one of them can really sort of cement that striker's role to make it their own or, or whether they'll be in and out and rotated and, and what have you. So then can he outscore Elise? And I think the answer's got to be yes there. So seven to four is the pick for me for Eberiche uh, as a, to be the top scoring Crystal Palace player. If you're in the UK, that's available on Skybet, but have a look around. There might be other books elsewhere and over in America. You might be able to get that, that market somewhere. But yeah, as a top scorer for Palace for me, and I know you like that one as well, but you, you've got a little something else also. I do, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think I'm quite happy that you've got to that, Baz, because I looked at that market and I thought, well, has he, he's inconsistent. He's playing out on the wing. I looked at the price of 74 and I thought, right, let's. I can get him beat. I can get Eze beat by someone. So I looked at all the other odds and then I looked down the squad list and I can't get him beat because there's no one else to beat him. Um, I mean, what, two goals everywhere you look like, uh, Mateti, Edward, Elise. I think Ayu got a few more, but he was on penals. Um, so, yeah, it's an absolute process of elimination. Looks like a one-horse race. I mean, the other option is to sign a striker. They could get someone yeah. in before then. They could even sign someone in January who scores six goals and takes him, uh, takes him down. But just to uh, um, an ignorance of alternatives, uh, Eze looks like the man at 7-4. to four. Um, There is one bet I like, though. Like you say, the, that 11th to 14th, um, I don't know why they wouldn't finish there again. This is a bit of a, a, a point of consternation for Palace fans is that Steve Parrish um, isn't, doesn't appear particularly bothered. I think that if his club, Crystal Palace, stays in that position, he's quite happy. Um, but looking at the league table then, you're looking at them to finish above certain teams. Now, I've, 
I've given this pick out for a couple of clubs that I think are going to have high at the mid-table uh, finishes over a club I think is going to have a, a lower mid-table finish. Um, and that seems West Ham. Um, and it's plus money. It's, the price is six to five, plus 120 uh, for Crystal Palace to finish above West Ham. They finished 45 points this year, 14th place. It'll be around 41 points. Um, but I can see easily West Ham and ending 38, 39, something like that. So Palace is out shoot. Um, West Ham is a pick of mine, Baz, at six to five plus 120. Um we will have a look around some uh, fantasy players because Palace do have some fantasy options um, that are a little bit more interesting than their chances in the Prem. Um, after I've told you about underdog fantasy with the NFL season right around the corner, that's exciting. Uh, all of our fantasy leagues, Baz, have uh, kicked in again this week. I keep getting the notifications. Um, underdog picking um, is the best way to get down on a load of NFL player props. Tons of markets there. And plenty of opportunities to win their daily MLB contests. And make sure to win the best ball mania four. First place gets $3 million. Head to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. Uh, okay, then, Baz, uh, you are the fantasy guru. So <laughs> down the, uh, oh, guru's the word. Uh, looking down the palace squad. Um, there's quite a lot of people have been thrown out in the templates, the dreaded templates. There's uh, there's one Palace player who makes it into all of them, but uh, what did you find, Baz? Uh, so, I mean, obviously Eze was the best of the bunch last season and, and should be again. Scored 159 points last season, 10 goals and 5 and assists. But he started last season at 5.5 million. So it was very easy to get in those lineups in midfield. Um, he's had a bit of a boost this year to 6.5 million. As I said before, I can see him being on more set pieces now, so more attack and threat potentially there. Um, and I think he's, he's, you know, he's got potential to beat his total from last season at that price point. Well, he's at six million, not for me. He scored 132 last season. As I say, most of that came from assists. But I think at that price, I'd want to find the extra half a million to go and get Eze. Uh, defensively, they haven't got the fullbacks who sort of bomb on and get get the crosses in. So uh, the more sort of stay-at-home full-backs there at, at Palace. One that would appeal to me if I was looking for a defensive option would probably be Gahey. Um, four and a half million. He just fell short of 100 points last year. He'd be one you might stash on the bench and roll out when you see a nice fixture for Palace. Um, he tends to have sort of best goal threat of their defenders, I would say, on set pieces. Um, the other one is one to watch at a bargain price is Ahamada. At four and a half million, uh, Alicia has been out injured in, in pre-season and Ahamad has started every friendly up until two nights ago. He, he didn't start the last one. Um, but he's picked up a goal and two assists so far. And if he's to be a, become a regular starter at four and a half million in an, a, you know attacking midfield positions, uh, then he could quickly become a player that people might get interested in. So a little outsider there. As I say, we've yet to see how they set up without Zaha. Um, but potentially, um, I'm not even going to try and say his first name, but Ahamada, a 21-year-old kid. He's doing all right in pre-season, four and a half million worth of luck. Yeah, we go with Nauru, Nauru uh, Ahamada. Um, yeah, he did play, what, one game last year? Um, 87 minutes of action. But if, um, yeah, opportunity is one of the biggest things in fantasy. Um, and if the, if he started, if he's getting a game uh, at that price, yeah, pretty much 
I think it's impossible, Baz, to, to get away from the players that you mentioned, certainly attacking-wise. Um, there's a whole load of six and a half million pound midfielders that you can pick from. Um, like there's there's a dozen um, who were who were vying, who's going to be sort of e- equal ownership. Um, and as he absolutely is in there, um, Palace always used to be the team where you could find a cheap defender. That was one of their things. Um, was it Kelly used to be one, quite decent? Saka had, had a big uh, around yeah. Saka uh, having a big season when he first come on the scene at Palace. Um, yeah, he was a four million as well, wasn't he? Really, really good for getting down the wings and getting the crosses in and uh, getting the assists and things like that. But yeah, it seems to have been a while since they've had. Uh, James Tompkins was another one. Um, like I say, Kelly was always there. So apart from those up front, I, I looked at Gehi and I looked at Mitchell. Um, similar amount of points, but the, the values kind of got in Mitchell. Mitchell was a four million defender last year. I remember tipping him up to Simmers free just the week before the season. Um, and like you say, they are kind of stay-at-home fullbacks, so they don't really bosh on. I mean, Gay and Anderson, in we just talked about Palace at home, they're, they're kind of streaming options. So if you've got room to stash one, they are going to beat teams around them at home and very often to nil, because that's their MO. And it has been for a number of years. Palace have never been, they're never flying around beating teams 3-2. Um, so yeah, you can pick them up, but... Um, other than Eze, or like Baz says, you, you're looking for someone who's... Uh, and they're not rolling very deep particularly. I mean, I like Jeffrey Schlupp as a player. Um, we used to have a good game. But did you ever play the Jeffrey Schlupp game, Baz, in the pub? No. The Sunday, we played Sunday after football. If Palace were on the telly, um, you just... When Jeffrey Schlupp got the ball, you had to shout Jeffrey Schlupp. That was the game. Uh, and if you, The last person to shout Jeffrey Schlupp had to put a pound in the pot. Uh, and then we'd do a raffle at the end of the game to win all the money. <laughs> Savage amusement in hindsight. Uh, but I like Jeffrey Schlupp. He's, uh, he's fun in games, but again, he, 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 you'll come on your radar, you'll see him score the odd goal, but he's not really an option. Um, so yeah, that was it. The Listener League, I haven't given up the details. Any Palace fans who want a game, it's free to enter. Come and join us and get amongst it. Um, we've got some prizes, 150 quid. Uh, we've got some merch, uh, some SGP and merch you can have a look at, nice caps and hoodies and stuff. And we've got the egg in a cup cup. Um, the code you need is C-V-V-Q-A-B. Uh, Crystal Valley Valley, Quasimodo, Allen Brazil. There you go. C-V-V-Q-A-B um, is the code. So, yeah, get yourself across there and, and, and play. Um, and I think, Baz, that's Crystal Palace. Covered, like I say, a tricky one uh, in that club. But anything else you want to uh, you want to tell us about Palace or anything else, Baz, before we crack on? No, that's that's it for me on Palace. I've got nothing more. I'm all out. Uh, hopefully, is, will Salomon Rondon make a visit there this year? Is he still in Everton or not? I don't know where he is now. If I don't see him on match of the day, booting that eagle up the arse, I'll be sorely disappointed. <laughs> like, uh, right, brilliant. Um, yeah, usual place to find us. Uh, all the other season previews are up and about, as well as, I'll say, EFL and World Cup stuff is live. And then weekly shows, a um, little bit of chat. We'll give out some picks, some things we like, some things we don't like, uh, and see if we can turn up a couple of winners. Um, in the meantime, good luck with all your bets. Uh, good luck if you're a Palace fan. Um, and we'll see you down the road. Cheers. 